we are getting ready to release season three of So Dramatic. In the meantime, we have an episode that we like to call Let's Touch Back on Something, where we revisit with our guest from season two. Okay, so I ha- we have to talk about our episode. And uh, Peggy, if you'll recall, your episode from season two was with Truman Capote. Mm-hmm. Um, our best friend. And um, so I, you know, go back and re-listen to them and just because it's so fun for me to hear, hear them again. And um, so there was so much that I was reminded of that's happened to me since you and I talked. But I, this really should be about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about. I'm like, this is supposed to be Peggy's chance to. <laughs> it's my show. I'm gonna do what I want. Um, yeah. So I didn't know if anything came up. Like, if there's anything, like if you were able to read any of those books, or if any, anything since then that like you're like, oh, I saw this about Truman Capote, or anything that you would like to share since since I took over that whole episode. It's your chance to kind of be in charge. Yeah, so I was going to ask you, so I did re-listen to it. Okay. To make sure it was fresh, which is funny because I feel like it was a lifetime ago. Yes. Uh, like, we've lived seven centuries since then. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, so I read uh, Swans of Fifth Avenue. You forever. did? Yes, and that was so good. Yeah. So, I mean, we can talk kind of maybe about that. I mean, yeah. I don't know really which direction to go. Yeah, but that Swans of Fifth Avenue, I, that is... Oh, and we are recording, just so you know. Okay. <laughs> I probably should have told you that. I started recording as soon as we called. Um, okay, I was going to ask you, Swans Fifth Avenue. Yeah, I really, I don't you recommend that? Don't you think it's such an interesting, that whole story? There's so much there to get a sense of him and that, yeah. the scandal, right? Yes, it was very scandalous. I was joking when I first did the podcast. Excuse me, my husband obviously was, uh, he was like, wow, she picked Truman Capote, somebody who wrote a book about true crime and gossip, his two favorite things. I was like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think too, you know, that was sort of the, that explained his writing of his attempt, you know, to start that book, Answered Prayers, that he was basically dragged all the socialites through the mud, his best friends, and destroyed relationships. And so that, I'm glad you talked about that, because when I, back a few months ago before this happened, I was in the Keys, and I was in Key West, and I went to see Tennessee Williams' home, and then there's a beautiful little art museum in Key West that I've seen every time I've gone, and I'm like, let's go in it. It's an amazing art museum. If you ever are there, I'm telling you, it's beautiful. And there was a painting there by by Tennessee Williams. And it was called, I think it was called Child's Garden. And in it, he draws, he has a, in the painting is is Truman Capote. Tennessee Williams and Truman Capote were good buddies. But they fought a lot and they were kind of in and on the ins and outs. And Truman Capote is in it. And in it, he's got him with a gun in his hand. Like, as if he's shooting all these people in the painting. And it's like, Uh as if he's a spoiled little brat. And he's socially killing all these people, which is what he did. I, I think that's kind of what the book, like the tone of the book was. Yeah. And so it was very like, that's a People ask Tennessee Williams, why do you think he did this? And his, because you and I talked about that too. Why would he write this book? I, yeah. And Tennessee Williams said he was impulsively bitchy. Oh, <laughs> aren't we all? 
I thought, <laughs> you know what? We were trying to find some super deep meaning. Oh so. my gosh, I was literally trying to look into his like childhood trauma. Yeah, I <laughs> we're like trying to like, yeah, trying to like psychoanalyze him and then Tennessee Williams is like, he was impulsively bitchy. I'm like, okay, well, God, yeah. that's good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, and then I was reading it like, oh, this is so scandalous. How could he say such a thing? Like, I've never gossiped about anybody in my life. <laughs> right, I haven't either. Obviously, it doesn't spread that far and wide, but I'm like, <laughs> it's not that hard to believe that I would. <laughs> um, and then I, about people do. Okay, so so the gossip, right? So that's that's great. So that's the whole Swans Fifth Avenue. That's fantastic. But I was saying that after I did the podcast, you're kind of just talking about like how it affected him. Yeah person so i feel like after that i've obviously i watched two crime documentaries all day right i have been paying attention more to how that like affects the person yeah i've listened to a couple true crime podcasts where they've had to take like a break for a weekend because it kind of takes a toll on you when you talk about it all the time Mm -hmm. oh for sure and then i was watching um i'll be gone in the dark the documentary about michelle mcnamara and how i like you know freaked her out so i find that's very very interesting I, yeah, I have not, I don't have HBO, so I've not seen that. I mean, it's essentially just the book. I don't know if yeah, you've read the book yet. Yeah, but, but I do want to see that. But that is yeah. HBO also doing the Helter Skelter? Is that on HBO? With, yes. Okay. That, I just do want to mention a little spoiler. Charles Manson is going to come up again in season three. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, I actually just seeing a book that I have bought. I just thought that book Chaos, which is about Charles Manson and like the FBI and how much they knew about stuff. Uh-huh. But I haven't started it yet, but TZ started reading it and he said it's amazing. Okay, and the other thing that we got to be on the lookout for is that new movie coming out about Killers of the Flower Moon, right? Yes, that was one of my favorite books. Oh, I love that book. That and I'm so you're so talking excited. about the FBI, and so that's a lot about the how the FBI, like early days of the FBI, how they came on this. Yeah. So Martin Scorsese is directing. It's Leonardo DiCaprio. Of course. I think Robert <laughs> De Niro. So there was a weird thing with yeah, that because Leonardo is supposed to be the FBI guy and like the good guy, mm-hmm. and then he's like, I don't, I want to be the bad guy. So he's switching to like the nephew. So Robert De Niro's the uncle. Wow. Leonardo DiCaprio's the nephew and they there's this whole story about there were these so it's in Oklahoma and it's this Osage Native American Indian tribe and the land they're on has all these oil deposits and so they're like this is our land this is our oil so they become super crazy wealthy but yeah. because of that they're tra- these you know nefarious people are attracted to them and they start dying off and they think there could have been hundreds who were murdered. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's insane. When yeah. you read that, it's yeah. just like crazy. Um, so that's 2021. They said that's coming out. So we got to be on the lookout for that for our, our favorite yes. um, topic. True crime, murder. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, you know, my husband's in one of the episodes and I go, what? I'm like, what are my two favorite things? He's like, me and true crime. <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, you're right. I think that's the wrong order. (laughs) Don't tell him that. Um, Oh, and I also want to mention, so when I, uh, I was at the Andy Warhol exhibit earlier this year. And you and I talked a lot about Andy Warhol and his connection to Truman Capote and how Andy Warhol was inspired by the dust jacket on the Truman Capote book, Other Voices, Other Rooms. And there was a sketch at the exhibit of Truman Capote's hand in the picture of that dust jacket that he 
Andy Warhol just sketched his hand. He was so fascinated by the pose. It was kind of that come hither pose. And he uh-huh. was so fascinated by that and the look and the and the where how his hand was that he just had a sketch of his hand and they had that at the exhibit and I was like, oh my oh, gosh, how cool! Yeah, I love that picture that you showed me. Oh, it's, it's like the best picture in the world. Yeah, it really is. That was one of my favorite episodes to do just because I got to do it with you, but we got to talk about everything that I love. Right? No, I, I said it was literally like Casey was right. It was like the perfect topic yeah. for me because every carpet, like every trail we could have gone down, <laughs> was like something I was excited to talk about. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for doing that. So anything else you'd need to talk about or share before we... This is just a quick one, just to recap to what everyone's whistle for the new season. Um, I mean, not really, other than I'm so excited for the next season. I can't wait to see who you have on, what the topics are going to be. I feel like now that I'm working from home, I've had a little lull Yeah, podcast. I'm so excited to like start back up. Yeah. I've had a lull, too. I've kind of had... I've not... I'm not crazy about what I'm listening to, so I think I got to get some more stuff out there. Um, yes, you do. Yeah, I need to get some more, some more material going. So, um, yeah. But thank you, Peggy. No problem. I'm so excited for the new season. Thank you. Can't wait. I can't wait. Awesome. Well, hello, my friend. Well, hello to you, Sandy Washington. And, and how are you today? Oh, just fantastic. <laughs> Good to hear. Dandy. Like I'm sure you are, right? Yeah. It's true. I'm uh, doing great. Yeah. What? What's, A little snow, you why, know? Why wouldn't we be? What? Something happening? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Sandy Washington, you and I discussed the painter Mark Rothko when you were here. Mm-hmm. And so this is our let can we touch back on something episode just a quick revisit now that you've got a chance to listen and think about it and just to kind of touch on a few things I wanted to ask you about um so that's why you're here that's why you're back I'm excited I'm glad we were able to do it I know I know I miss you so much I miss you too I want to see your face and I (laughs) I love that I can listen to our episode and just like feel like we're back together and it just that to me is so lovely you know Um, I did the same thing I listened to it again like a week ago yeah and then I didn't stop because I was home yeah (laughs) shocking and then I listened to like four in a row I was like this is it's so fun Uh, you're so talented oh my gosh well I love to listen to him because I feel like I'm so lucky to have such amazing people in my life who I can talk about great things with and who are so smart and know so much. And I get to show the world how amazing you guys are. So that's what's wonderful for me. So what I want to ask you about first is, first, is there anything from from our episode that we talked about that you're like, oh, I want to talk more about that? Or there's something that came up that you wanted to mention. Now's your chance to to do that. Well, I have to say, I I really didn't know that much about Mark Rothko um, before our conversation, which I know you say that's fine, but right. it um it just kind of it was so interesting to listen to again and again because then you're like, wow, he was a pretty amazing person and went through so many different like ups and downs where he didn't want to be 
exposed, or not exposed, that's not the right word, applauded for his work, mm-hmm. but then he kind of did, but then he, like, showed it in a weird way, and, like, just the stories where he was, like, the, my favorite is the restaurant where he worked on these paintings and was already paid for yeah. his work. And then he was like, yeah, no, I want to make everyone in there want to throw up. <laughs> and I just, he, he was so, was just well, funny. it's that weird mm-hmm. dynamic of I'm fighting against the established, right? The establishment. Mm-hmm. Then I become the establishment and I'm not comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And so what do I do? Well, and, I've heard people say that about like small bands. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, they totally sold out. I'm like, right. But you know what? It's like, isn't it really what you want? You yeah. want make music and make art and become rich and famous. Yeah, but make a living who, from this. Exactly, and that's such an amazing feat to be able to do that. Yeah, they're supposed to be miserable and for, poor their whole lives. No. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we prefer them was, like us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was just downstairs painting right now. What are you so. painting? Oh, I'm just I'm doing just a few things for people for okay. Christmas, okay. things like that, just fun little orders. And okay. then I um we got a new office at school for the art department, and I want to paint something for the Ooh. wall. So that's my next. I'm going to do that this week. So I wanted to ask you specifically how you feel like COVID has affected or influenced your creativity. Or even like what you're producing. Have you seen any, any oh. difference or is that any, any effect on that? Well, nothing that except for time. Mm-hmm. For having time at home to be able to just produce and be able to paint. Right. Um, I love that I can drive up to, I don't know if I can use a art store famous name on your sure without paying them (laughs) (laughs) um no i love that i could drive up to michael's and open my back door and they just put my art right in i found that um i can shop online and that's so much fun because then i get to go home and be creative super quickly right um and conveniently but um i don't i don't find um well, no. You know what? I'm getting ready to paint. Um, I want to paint a real big tulip. And um, I've been going back and forth with um, doing it all in different shades of black and white mm-hmm. and, or doing it in bright colors. Yeah. And I think I'm leaning more towards bright colors because I feel like everything is kind of gloomy and yeah. blah. Yeah. The whole COVID thing, we're all stuck inside. Yeah. And so I think the bright colors are um, something that I really want to do. Yeah, yeah. And I think the time factor is interesting, too. Um, You know, for me, because of my work, my life is not much different. Like, I've been working from home, you know, basically for most of nine years. I mean, with the exception of a few classes I'd have on site. But, you know, those would be few hours and most of my time I'm working from home. And so it was funny because my husband said to me, he's also a teacher, um, now that they're they're on site, but they can't see each other. Like they can't have lunch together. They can't. Hang. And he goes, he goes. I now know how you feel. He goes, you don't yeah. get to see your colleagues. You don't get to hang out with them. You know. He goes, I didn't realize how awful that was until it happened. And I go, yeah, yeah 
it stinks. Like it really, that makes me, we talk a lot. We have a group text chain where we text constantly um, and that's helpful. But you know yourself, it's your colleagues when you're a teacher who get you through that, who get you through your day, who you vent to, who you talk to, who just kind of keep you. And to not have that, that's, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing other people kind of go through that. You know, and I'm like, yeah. Well, our our schedule, we are finished teaching at one ten, and then from one thirty until 3, we have meetings and we work together. You're as kidding. A, no, so I actually find that awesome mm-hmm. to have that time because I feel like I'm closer to my um, my group than I ever have you before. You would not have had it's, that time before. Yeah, yeah. And then I feel like when I come home, at three or one, I run out. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, when I come home, then I don't have that work to do. Yeah. When I'm home by three o'clock. Yeah. So it is nice. I also feel like being an art teacher and teaching remotely, there is a whole lot to it because I have to really write out directions. Yeah. I have to really have some good examples mm-hmm. ready. So there's a lot more work at a time yeah. than, um, you know, just to be able to do it in front of your class and be able to show them. So that extra time with my colleagues is, is really appreciated, but then it does open up time at home, so it's nice. Yeah. And the last time you and I talked, you were working on your painting your kitchen, and then you were deciding <laughs> what color, and I'm wondering whatever happened to the colors you didn't pick. For the walls, like where did they end the up? They ended up standing in the basement. Oh no! Speaking of sad, being by all by themselves. Now I feel bad for that. Maybe that's what I should pull out and paint my tulip with. Because mm. I had talked to you about doing yeah. something with them, and then I I have Matisse's, um, you know, goldfish, oh. and that's where they hung. Put yeah. a little pop of color in the corner. Yeah. But maybe my, um, yeah, maybe they need to be brought up from the basement. Yeah. I hope I've inspired you. (laughs) I think you have. Thank you. Yes. Well, Sandy, I just want to thank you because I did uh, that you were able to do that and that we were able to do it at a time where we could see each other face to face. Yeah. Um, and to talk about just cool, interesting people. Uh, I'm getting ready to release season three. And um, so I think there'll be some more. Congratulations. Stuff. Well, thank How you. Exciting. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. And like Speaking I... of cool and interesting people, that's you. Oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. But thank you again. Well, for thank doing you. That. And I love talking to you. Of course. To you. you too. Very much. Jim Flanagan, I have you back here to do our quick recap. Can we touch back on something from season two where we, you and I, talked about Andy Kaufman? I'm so happy to be back. I'm glad you're back. And I, let me say, Jim, that I listened to this again this week and I need to say, we're really good. I mean, we're both pretty good on our own, but then together, it's pretty powerful I, stuff. It's good podcast. I kind of was like, I know Jim has two podcasts right now, but I'm kind of thinking, like, we might need to do the Nancy and Jim show. I'll cancel them both. Let's get this going. <laughs> That's fine. I, I, this, will, this will serve as my notice. I'm letting, I'm letting Harry and Pat know right now I'm out. 
because and I'm like I know okay so I'm probably my own worst critic but I was like enjoying it I'm laughing I'm like wow that was that was a great episode we both sound really smart wow we're smart. I think that's part of why. And you made me sound smarter. I did not know a lot of what you were doing. You made me sound smarter. You do a very good job. But that's what I hope I can accomplish when I do these episodes is that I pick on a topic that that person is going to be able to connect with. And then the world can see what I see. And the world can see uh, like something that sparks in you the, the the intelligence and the loveliness that you have and you get they get to see that you know what i mean it's not like meant to like catch people off guard and make them look silly so for sure i have to say i don't know if i'm jumping the gun here but um i love this and not only just to learn more about andy but it also made me revisit him which is pretty cool oh did it yeah did you watch any yeah. of the skets or sketches or anything I did. I mean, I kind of had a, a Mighty Mouse on my <laughs> on my YouTube pretty consistently ever since because no matter how many times you see that joke, it's always funny. To yeah. Me. Just the gall, the unmitigated gall to even want to do that and then to be able to pull it off mm -hmm. is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And that's what you're saying, like the timelessness of that, where it's not like a one-liner or it's not just like, you know, something that like it's. A t and I was thinking about that, too, like with COVID. And how, how is that changing comedy? I mean, for sure it's changing your life because you're not, not able to do gigs like you could. But like the topic of COVID, like is that going to be something that's got a limited lifespan? You know what I mean? If you write material for it, how is that going to work? Yeah, no, it's a great question. So, And right now it's working because it's a shared experience that we all have. So like there's a relatability to it. Um, but like the moment we're allowed out of this, it's like, okay, let's talk about that, getting back to normal, you know? I, I think anything you write right now is for the situation. And afterwards, there's going to be a while before anyone wants to think about it again. Like once we get out and we kind of get through the transition, hopefully, I mean, uh, if there's a vaccine that comes through and everything, you know, happens the way it's looking, um, then three months later, people are like, all right, yeah, we're done with that topic. But right now, everyone's going through the same thing. So... Like, I try not to ever say the word COVID and, 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 and using it as a punchline is right. very different to me than, like, just talking about the experience we're all sharing together. Because everything sucks. Like, everything <laughs> is just a little bit less than it should be, you know? <laughs> Tell me specifically, like, how, what, what do you, how has it changed your, your job as a, as a stand-up comedian? Like, what are you doing? Like, how are, how are you delivering your, your stuff? What's happening? So once it was uh, summertime and it was nice out, there were a few outdoor shows I was able to do, which were a lot of fun. Um, I got to see you at one of them. Mm -hmm. It was very exciting to actually be around people at a distance in the outdoors for a little bit. Um, and that was, that was just extra fun because, like, first of all, not only was it, even if it's cold or, or whatever, like everyone's in the same place and everyone's just trying to just trying to get a little sense of normalcy. So there's just a little bit of an added, like we're in this together feeling as an audience. And, and you need that to bring people together. Um, also, it's been very fun to watch every single comic I've seen on stage be very bad at their job. Because this is something that you've been doing, you know, five to seven nights a week for many years. Yeah. And all of a sudden you have like six months off at the time. And even the jokes you know and the jokes you know that work, if you're doing them in the wrong order or you're like, oops, I didn't say this, so now I can't say that. Right. It doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Or just, oh, I remember the joke. 
I just don't remember the specific words to get there. Mm-hmm. So you're it's rusty. fun to watch. Yeah, like, you're rusty. Absolutely. You've got that rust and, and working and, and you don't have much opportunity to work that rust off. Also, you don't have much opportunity to work on the new jokes before you bring them to the stage. So you just kind of have to throw it out there and see what sticks. Like every show is an open mic, which yeah. is crazy. But I think people like that because they're new at this again. They, they weren't used to being outside. So Do you find hey, your audience go. more like appreciative? Do you find them like easier to like, you know, to engage or like, you know, what are people just like, I'm just so glad to be out or I'm just so glad to be doing something different, you know, even if it's a Zoom call or whatever you know what i mean do you find there's a difference or are people still the same assholes (laughs) no there's tons of differences so the in person i felt like they were less of those assholes okay the zoom it can be hit or miss because zoom to some people is just like consuming media like you would consume tv so you know i've done like company uh, office parties where like the it guy is just typing away the whole time and it's like turn your camera off if you're not going to pay attention like don't show me like i'm not the television i'm still a person so, you know, but they're, well, they're fun Well, welcome enough. to my world of teaching online, which I've been doing for nine years, um, where one student was getting her hair done. Um, <laughs> another had his son standing on his head and punching him in the face. And I'm like, can you just, can you just turn off your camera? <laughs> like, I'm trying to teach okay. and like your son's punching you in the face. Is it different for you as a teacher? Because, like, even when I'm on conference calls and stuff, I'll forget. I will forget at times when I'm on Zoom. And, like, you just start going back to living your life, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, uh, I'm on camera this whole time. Someone can see me. Well, it depends on what kind of class. Like, if I'm just doing an hour lecture, it's usually just me talking, so I better not forget what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) Right, right. When I have to teach, like, a three-hour class online, then it's, you know, you're kind of engaging, you know, with, with the class a little bit more so they have more chance to inter, you know talk but yeah it is it, it is different um because and it's sort of that there's a frustration right because you're like the message is don't don't do what you wouldn't do like if you were out at a club you know what i mean like if you're right. at, if you're at a club and you're, like there's behavior there's stuff you need to do and it's the same thing at the classroom don't if you wouldn't do this in the classroom then don't do it while i'm teaching you know makes sense absolutely yeah, yeah. Three um, hour classes. And you, yeah. That's, I see, I have the luxury of being like, no, nah, I'm not going to do more than 20. Yeah. Like, I can negotiate that in. You can't. That, that's, yeah. I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. It takes a lot. It takes a lot of practice, a lot of work. But, you know, that's, that's why I make the big bucks, Jim. That's why I get, you know, <laughs> that's why we're living in luxury. Um, that's it. Yeah, anything anything else that you wanted to add since I kind of go over some taking over again, but I I was in charge of that episode and and everything. And is there anything else that you thought about after that you wanted to add or something that you needed to to say that you didn't get because you didn't know, couldn't prepare? Yeah, no. Um, I mean, nothing specific uh, uh, to Andy. I thought it was it, for me the whole thing was really eye opening just to more of who he was. One of the things that I found really interesting now going back and revisiting him is the number of people who hate Andy Kaufman. And that is great. Yeah. Like, there are, like there are comics that you can be indifferent to and that's fine. You're just like, eh, not pick up a tea. But people who are like angry at him because they're not part of the joke and they don't get the joke is one of my favorite. And people like still angry about him. Yeah. Um, 
And it's just kind of, and I get it. If you're not part of the joke in that case, you feel like maybe you're part of the punchline. Maybe you're what's being laughed at. But this is someone who transcended so much. And then, and then even just going back and like, you know, uh, we talked about it on the episode and I went back and kind of revisited around the time where, um, it was thought that I, I think it was, uh, I, now gosh, I'm losing it. Was it his brother and, and maybe a, a, a daughter or a niece or someone who came out and were like, uh, uh he's still alive. Um, yeah. It was someone who claimed to be, I think she claimed to be his daughter. I don't think she was. And his, right. she convinced his brother that he was alive. And so, kind, of, yeah, kind of a bad situation. And then the coroner had to come out and say, no, no, he, here's his death certificate. He's dead. Right. But, I mean, just think about the power. And we're in an era now where I guess maybe... Maybe the conspiracy theories might be taking hold a little bit, so maybe it shouldn't have been so surprising. But think about that. Like, that's probably an earlier precursor. And I know conspiracy theories have been around a hell of a lot longer than this one. But, I mean, that was one of the precursors to kind of what we're going through now yeah. in that social media taking a life of its own without any facts and just kind of giving power to an idea yeah. that because you can't disprove it. Because right. even though you're sitting there reading this and going, well, maybe... Mm-hmm. And like that gave it enough life to, to where someone had to come out and say, no, everyone, this isn't real. Yeah. You know, to kind of to put an end to it. But yeah, maybe maybe I shouldn't have been so surprised when we saw more of that happening over yeah. the over the last little while, because uh, it's certainly there's a there's a blueprint for it. And uh, of course, Andy would be involved. In that. Yeah, of course, he would be the one. And there's something, you know, that that R.E.M. song. You know, the, the, the feel of that is the idea that Andy, are, you must be enjoying this. Right. You, exactly. You must be like, are you still goofing on Elvis? What are you doing? Like, are you having fun? And it's like you kind of feel like, yeah, he would be like he's looking at this and just enjoying it, you know. And again, you know, that idea that he kind of thought, well, people laughed at me. So now I'm going to kind of, you know, choose how they laugh at me and, and make a choice and um, and have a little more control over it, you know. So, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, the other thing, you know, I don't, I, there was another, um, what was that? Bo- the new Borat movie that came out. And again, I always think of him, um, when I, th- you know, I always think of Andy when I see Borat and then Tom Green, I don't know if we talked about Tom Green, but no, his show, I don't know if, did you ever watch his show? That's, I mean, uh, right it, in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Like right age for yes. it. Like I, I was early on Tom Green. I was like, this guy is amazing. Yeah. But you're right. These are, I mean, these are rip-offs these are replicas these are homages eric andre that's my son is really into him and i'm like that's that's classic andy kaufman stuff like that's exactly what that is you know he'll send me these videos i'm like yeah yeah andy did that first so i'm trying to get him to watch that (laughs) there's one episode of tom green where he's at subway and he's just Mm -hmm. having the guy put more and more stuff on top of his sandwich (laughs) until it's like a foot high and it's, again, so dumb, but it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll just have a little more lettuce. Okay, some tomato. And the guy's like, no, like, and it's like 10 minutes of him just, like, trying, like, get this guy to put all this stuff on the, just silly, right? Silly, but just great, great. And the weird thing about that is everyone you mentioned besides Andy, like, there's been some semblance of an interview with them as a person. With Andy... It's crazy that like Borat, you know, like is a feminist in this movie. It's very, very strange how, how things have changed. Even someone like that who's playing this role has a message in it. Right. With Andy, it was purely 
like there was never an answer. That's the thing about it. Obviously, he was the originator, at least as far as we've seen. But also, there was never any rationale or reason why everything we think about him is an assumption. Because, you know, I think and you think that a lot of this was just to make himself laugh. Right. But in the back of my mind, I, I'm always wondering, did he want to make other people laugh, too? Or was that mm-hmm. just a was that just a way to get him a bigger stage? Yeah. Was that just a side effect of it? You know, right. or was right. there a part of him that like hated it when those audiences walked out? Yeah. Yeah. It's just the more I delve into Andy, the fewer answers there are. You're and exactly if he right. were here, I think that would make him very, very happy. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it. We, that's what's so frustrating about him is that we will never know what he was thinking. Because he didn't tell us. Right. And we're in a day and age now where that's not possible because everyone tells yeah. everything exactly what you're thinking, whether you want it or not, whether it's interesting or not. So to have someone yep. who's such an enigma is makes him even more interesting in this day and age because we really will never know what he was trying to do and what he was thinking because we don't know when he was being Andy and when he wasn't. Right. And and the other thing that strikes me every single time I see it is 1959 to 1984. 35 years. Like, as much as we talked about it on the initial episode, as much as I see it every time I look something up of his, Mm -hmm. the fact that he did all of this in such a short period of time and became such an enigma so quickly. Yeah. I mean, you just just don't see... Yeah, obviously there's some... The 27 Club, there's there's a lot of people who died very young who Mm -hmm. left a big impact. But I look at his entire body of work when it wasn't easy for a comedian to get any of these things. Right. And to be able to do that much that quickly is just mind boggling. Yeah. So what do you think is the next step? Like with do you see any changes on the horizon for stand up comedy? Do you see it changing at all? I mean, you know, all of this is affecting careers for people. Can you do you have any insight into what what you think the next step's going to be? I really don't, and uh, I really wish I did. I really wish I had some insight. I I do think that everything's going to change for sure on the other side of this. Um, I think that we're going to have a period of more authenticity for sure, because it's not just COVID. Mm. We're also at a point where obviously everything is so politically, um, everyone's so diametrically opposed politically. There are very few people who are like, I can laugh at both sides right now. You know, It's not funny, yeah. and, And we're at a point where... Does that mean, you know, when this is done, does that mean everything branches off? So the same way social media is starting to section off. Does that mean that, you know, eventually we're going to have entertainment based on your belief system? And is that better or worse? Because you're kind of yelling into an echo chamber, but then you can at least say what you want without the fear of, you know, people being all pissed off and walking out at you. Yeah. So I don't know where it's going to go. I hope we kind of we, we can kind of find a way just in general to meet more in the middle mm-hmm. um, with COVID and everything. But I think that on the other side of this, it's going to be a very telling six months as far as where stand up goes. Does Zoom stay at all? Maybe a right. little bit. Right. Um, there are some things that are fun about it. Like if I'm doing a company party or if I'm doing um, like a happy hour at the end of a sales conference for people or something, there is something kind of fun about I can do a lot more. Uh, making fun of someone in their home, as weird as that sounds. Like, I, you get a better picture of who they are okay. than everyone sitting in a room wearing suits yeah, and all knowing each other. Like, yeah. you, you know, when you're seeing everything around them, you're seeing who they are. Like, there, so there are some... There are some pluses to, to, to what mm-hmm. we've gone through out of this in different ways. You've got you've to change your thinking creatively and you have to change what you do. But I really think for stand-up, we're going to see 
um, we're going to have to see a change in how we treat it. More authenticity, which I think is is where stand up's been headed for the last couple of decades, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot different than the '80s, where you know it was kind of uh, tie a funny tie in front of a brick wall, right? Like uh, the Louis of the world kind of made it more where you're real and introspective about yourself. But now, where does that go? Does it go to being realistic about a situation? Does it go to really, really like the Andy type of stuff? Does mm-hmm. do we go? far in that alternate direction because maybe that's something that everyone can laugh at right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Um, I I think it's kind of finding that niche. And unfortunately there's not a whole lot of opportunity to, to get to do any of that at this point. So I don't really know the answers yet, you know? So I guess the same thing for schools, right? Like, I mean, on the other side of this, because obviously like you said, you've been, and what you guys do is, Oh, I like I if I see one child in the audience, I'm terrified. I'm just like, <laughs> why is that kid here? They're going to judge me. I'm yes, terrified of children. That is. Uh, they're the, and you just like have a, like a screen full. I wish they were all getting their hair done. I would be so much happier if they were all paying attention to other things instead of me while I was talking. Yeah. So oh. what you guys do is so much harder. But again, on the other side of this, there's there's all, everything that everyone does and certainly uh, most of it, every, all of it, for <laughs> everything everyone does is harder than stand-up comedy. Um, but it's, uh, there's going to be ch- so many changes on the yeah. other side and, uh, just kind of figuring out how to navigate it. But I, so part, of, so to transition to this is you started another podcast with Pat McGann, comedian Pat McGann. Um, yes. friend of the show. I don't, I'm just saying that. I don't know if he listens. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and it's called all over the place. And it's fantastic. Yes. And that's been kind of cool oh, because you. that kind of that when did that that started right at the beginning of quarantine, didn't it? We started like the last week of February, the first week of March. Yeah. I mean, I, I was talking to someone who uh, the other day who just started listening and it's kind of going through from the beginning. And she was like, it's so funny to me because you guys had all these dreams and plans. Yes. And then like, you know, it'd be like, it's, you know, cause the weekend before COVID hit, I recorded. And, and so it'd be like, you know, I've got this coming up and that coming up. Yeah. And then she was like, and then I heard the dates and I was like, Oh, I can't wait to hear next week because all yes. of that is canceled. That I'm so, so glad you said that because that was what I found very interesting. Like when I first, when I went back to listen, I was like, yeah, this is almost like a, a documentary of right. of the ups and downs because when we we are just kind of seeing it as one kind of big picture of where we are and you know the where we are mentally right now that we kind of forget the ups and downs of it and the different stages you know what I mean so it really is a document to that which is really cool um, because you're you were processing so it as it's happening like we all were absolutely and that and it's such a weird because we thought initially and we never knew a length of time i mean i remember people going man this could be this could be like two months you know and i'm like no no way this is never what may no come on get out of here mm-hmm. you know and uh and then you started so but it, like hopefully eventually the covid period is like a time capsule yes but right now, consuming anything real time leading up to COVID yeah. is what feels like the time capsule. Yeah. And it's like, what do you mean you're outside talking to people? What do you <laughs> mean you went to dinner with a big group? What do you mean there were 400 people at your show? Like every, like I'll watch, I watched a hockey game on ESPN Classic the other day and I could not give over. I was just like, those people aren't safe in the stands. Seriously. Now right? one of these yeah. players is wearing a mask. What the hell's going on yeah. out there? Yeah. Why are they hugging each other? 
What's happening? <laughs> like the people in the audience, you know, the, the fans. Yeah. You know, I'm the same way. I watch TV shows and I get real anxious because I'm like, oh, that's not safe. Like, you shouldn't be doing right. that. Yeah. But, Jim, thank you so much. This should just be a quick one. I don't want to take up too much of your time and force you to sit in your car any longer. <laughs> I love it. Thanks for having me back. Uh, you're awesome. And, again, so all over the place. And what do we know? Your two other podcasts, which are both awesome and really great. And, again, now that's a great time for COVID. It's a great time for listening to podcasts, right? You're stuck at home. It really is. Go for a walk. And thank and you for having me back. On. Let me say that, too. Absolutely. I love doing that. And, um, and, and I just, I am very excited, um, to know that hopefully does this mean that season three is, uh, is on the horizon? It's on the horizon. It is on the I'm horizon. I'm so thrilled yep. for that. Yeah. You're going to like it. This is one of my favorite ways to learn about people yeah. and uh, both people, um, uh, famous people, yeah. which is if you listen to other podcasts are not necessarily my strong suit and, <laughs> um, and, the people learning about them it's very it's been very very cool on both fronts and i'm really excited for more yeah awesome good i'm glad thank you thanks for everything jim thanks for having me so jeffrey thank you for coming back you and i my pleasure talked about uh john james audubon the bird famous bird artist and so just after that, I just want to do a quick recap with everyone who I've talked to and just kind of now it's your turn. I took over before, so now it's your chance to take the lead. <laughs> well, um, I, I just re-listened to the original podcast and the thing that struck me was my, you know, I didn't know anything about Marjorie. In fact, you can tell Marjorie Stoneman Douglas. Right. Um so I just kind of looked up because, you know, with that awful shooting at the school named after her, you know, I looked at it. But I, I read this little bio that she she lived to 108 years of age, but she actually kind of really didn't get involved in the whole uh, saving the Everglades till she was 79 years of age. <laughs> That's kind of like Biden becoming president. You yeah. Know? Um, I'm like, and, I, you know, I was just saying to my wife or to Mary that, don't you just love it? I mean, what's wrong with... Swamp was horrible, you know. Mary just said, you know, Walt Disney just, you know, he, he just cleaned up uh, Orlando because all it is is just horrible swamp. So when people stand up for something and say, well, it's not horrible swamp, it's, uh, you know, it's breeding ground for beautiful animals, it's bird life, it's everything. It it's really takes someone with a lot of vision to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, I really got a kick out i didn't read a lot about her but what a wonderful woman to do that mm -hmm. and how visionary to to uh, to you know to put that together to to the greed of the 60s and 70s in florida you know those developments are, i mean there's just well, millions think about of now them. i mean think about anyone trying to go against big business i mean people talk about they're afraid of politicians i'm afraid of big business scares me more than anything because the oh, money totally. and the power and they're like they don't care totally. They just want to make money. No. And so to have this woman stand up and go, oh, no. And to fight that yeah. is pretty impressive. 79-year-old yeah. woman. Yeah. 79-year-old woman up against property developers. Right. That's not easy. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, so out, of, out of that, uh, you know, out of, listening, out of listening to that, I really got a kick out of, out of this lovely old lady mm -hmm. that just stuck up for, for, for that. And, um, you know, thank goodness there are people like that on the, on the planet. And that's what's fun, too, when, you know, when I start to do the research, you kind of go down these rabbit holes that 
you initially think you're going to know the story and then you're like, I don't know the story and this, this tangent, you know, and even just like the, the, the feather trade and all, you know, just all that. I felt, I really, I just, I love that episode. And, and what I love too is I, you know, I, I love talking with you because I always learn something when I talk to you and it's so nice to be able to share that with the world and my huge audience so that they can see too. Here's here are these amazing people in my life who are so smart and so interesting, and that they get a glimpse of what I get to deal, what I get to live with, and who I how I get to spend my time. So I'm so lucky to have such a great friend and brother-in-law. Um, oh, cool. One thing I cool. want to mention too, though, you know, just and I I know I thought of this before when we were talking about it was how you know with quarantining and just some of the changes that were happening with the environment. Cause that was kind of our Audubon takeaway was, you know, the world is great from our children. And I was thinking about some of the things that had happened. Like, weren't there like dolphins in the canals, like in Venice and um, just like things yeah. that were like, well, yeah. well, what you're saying there is, is, um, it, you know, I think, I think a lot of people in since the, you know, with the pandemic, I mean, you know, they've got, Humans walking down the high street in, in Chile, you know, um, it's it's amazing when the world just stops for a little while. Yeah, I, I, here's the big thing of all, and this is all of it is if you just leave nature alone, it's very good at looking after itself. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be, you know, we don't have to be there. Just leave it alone, you know. And um, if you leave it alone long enough, it'll take care of itself. Mm-hmm. And and for some unknown reason, we tend to think that we know better than nature, which is quite scary so but yeah mary just gave me a hard time because um you know uh, 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 the lake that our cabin's on uh had a uh, something went about four or five years ago all the fish in it died uh, and we haven't really got the truth out of it there's only 18 houses on the lake mm-hmm. but it used to be one of the best fishing lakes ever and um and so uh you know when we bought the cabin only this year i go fishing i can't catch a fish and i'm like this lake was the best fishing lake ever. And they're like, yeah, well, Jeff, you know, they, they all died. So good, <laughs> I go, well, let's let's restock it. And everybody's like, no, let's just let nature go and do its own course. Right. And and I'm like, no, let's, <laughs> let's stick $1,500 worth of fish in it. So I talk, I talk the talk, but I don't really actually follow through. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, try, I'm trying to stick fish in it. And, and the nature lovers are like, no, let nature take its course. And yeah. I'm like, well... Can't we just hurry up a little bit? Right. So, uh, no, can't we help it? Yeah. You just introduce like a new species that's going to wipe out yeah. everything. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. I, I, yeah, you know, you sound like one of the other people on the lake. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I've got, you know. And like, especially when you've just, you know, you've only just arrived in a in a small community and you're the first guy like, hey, why don't we do this? You know, I, there was a lot of emails like, who is this guy? Right. You know, he's only been here three minutes and now he wants to do this. So yeah. It's funny. Yeah, and they're so good about welcoming new people in those small towns, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, tell me about it. Tell me about it. Yeah, they still don't even know that I'm who I am. Yeah, you know. Well, um, you're new. So. It's only been twenty years. You're new. It's only been twenty. Yeah, correct. <laughs> correct. Well, my dad grew up grew up in a village in England, and he used to go to the pub, and he said they're beginning to get to know me. I've been here sixty three years, so you know, <laughs> you weren't born in Baden, boys. No one. Oh, you. yeah, you're not a local. Yeah. Even after 63 yeah, exactly. years. Oh, that's awesome. Exactly. 
Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, anything else about our episode or anything that you wanted to mention? Or well, talk about? no, like I say, the thing I think I got out of it, like you said, is, is, is I got the, the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, which mm-hmm. just left me floored that yeah. this wonderful old lady would do what she did. And, um, you know, and we're left with these beautiful paintings, which, like all these artists, you know, they, what they went through in life to, for their art mm-hmm. is, is quite spectacular. And, and Mary wanted me to recorrect the original. The painting that we have in our house is a sparrowhawk, not the heron. Oh. Um, the heron was the heron was so damn expensive, so we ended up with the cheaper sparrowhawk. <laughs> so, uh. oh, but it, it's still yeah. But that that one's a beautiful. That's got a lot of detail. That's a really pretty. It's a really pretty painting. Yeah. So yeah, it is pretty. Yeah. Yeah, but I think we also learned too, the art the artistries in the copper plating. Those guys designing the the copper plates. Yeah. I mean, that's got to imagine that doing making one of those. You know, like you were saying, the detail, the feathers, the you know, to create a copper plate that mimics that. So you know, um, I watched a program in England. It was the art of silkscreen printing, mm-hmm. and. Um, it really, that stuff just blows me away. You know, I'm like, and now I'd like, like to, in fact, I might Google, you know, I have no idea how they do that. I mean, what an art form. Mm-hmm. It's stunning. Yeah. So you're right. And then, and then you do the stamp, but you still have to get the colors. I don't know. How do you do the colors? Right. On a, you know, on a print. Well, I guess it's the same as silk screen. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Same process. Yeah, you paint. So, uh, yeah. Or you pr- you stamp yeah. it and then you go back and paint it. Yeah, it's it's quite labor-intensive for sure. Oh, for sure. right. You stamp it and then it's kind of like painting my numbers. Yeah. Then you fill in all the little bits. Yeah, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I might have a look at that after the phone call. Considering there's nothing else to do, <laughs> can't go out, snowing. Winter in Chicago, is obviously, as you know, I love it. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's love. It's snowing, so that's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for doing this and for coming back. And uh, I hope to have you on again sometime because I know there's lots of things that we could talk about. Well, thank so, you. I really thanks. appreciate it, and I appreciate you asking me. All right. Take care, bud. All right, Kathy Conjar. Hello. Yes. Hello. This is your life. That's <laughs> <laughs> thing. That's thing. And I have nothing to say. Um, so you and I, in our episode, we talked about Zelda Fitzgerald. Yes, like 17 lifetimes ago. I know. It, well, it was. I mean, it really, really was. And I, you know, I love to go back and re-listen to the episodes just because I kind of, I feel like I'm, that I'm like a listener too then. I don't know. I I don't, it's weird. Or, or I'm like a narcissist. I just want to hear my voice. <laughs> I love listening to hearing myself talk. <laughs> Oh, wait, you were in it? Oh. Yeah, right. I know. That's how I felt. When <laughs> I listened to it, I was like, why am I even bothering? Like, you are so amazing. Like, I was seriously like, wow, I am such a dum-dum. Like, I I had fun. I have to say, I had so much fun. I was really nervous about it. Yeah. And I was so glad I listened to it with my daughter. Yeah. We were driving from Alabama. My God, baby? My God. My God, baby? Yes. Okay. Yes, Gracie, your god baby. Um, but you are so well rehearsed and you just sounded so smart and I kept turning the tables on you. That's what I realized. No, I was like But you didn't mm-hmm. and that's the whole what I love is I have my script and I have my research and I have the things I know I want to talk about, but 
you're you're that that factor that comes in that what tangents are we going to go on you know what I mean if I knew oh, no. that we were just going to talk about what's on my script okay that's fine but I I hope that that's not it you know no and I don't think you sound scripted at all that's not what I meant it just was like it was such a cool conversation and I yeah. think we talked about it during the um our initial conversation yeah. and it was that women don't have this opportunity to have these like smart conversations with each other. Mm -hmm. I think we fall into, if we don't know each other, we've got the kid thing in Mm -hmm. common yeah, or some, you know, like some, we try to find something where we're on the same page and usually kids, there's a commonality there. Um, And you don't get to have these smart discussions. Yeah. Like with other women. Yeah. I do with you. I do with you. And that's what I love about being able to have this podcast is that I get to share with the world, here are some amazing people in my life who we talk about great things and here's here's things that are happening in the world. And for anybody, here's a little escape. Here's We're not going to think about the election. We're not going to think about quarantine we're not going to think about whatever you know whatever our jobs or our kids we're going to we're going to take a minute and just kind of exercise our brain and it's just it's good to do you know it's it's good to to think about those things rather than not well of course I was hesitant to do the show because I was so nervous um but I'm so glad I did it because it was like and that topic again I couldn't have picked Zelda Fitzgerald really with anybody else I don't think we would have had again who it's and it whoever I would have picked it's it's a whole different it's a whole different podcast, you know. Um, yeah, I know that's what makes it really cool. It does, um, like you said, you just never know where it's going to go. You have your strip, yeah, and you kind of have touch points, but yes. then it's like, oh wow, this went maybe yeah. into a different direction yeah. than I didn't anticipate. And I love um, how we do the Vulcan mind meld, like you and I, you know, have for years, <laughs> where it's like you're saying like what things I have written down, like word word for word. You know, it's like I yeah, that's that was just like the God saying, yep, this is the right topic for Kathy. Um, so do you still hate F. Scott Fitzgerald, or have you? I you know what I've lightened up a little bit. We got a little fight. <laughs> I felt bad for him at the end. I kind of wanted to write an apology letter. Oh. Uh, no, I think it was totally well warranted. And again, it's just that idea that women are written off because, you know, of their emotion, mm-hmm. you know, or, or men's perceptions of their emotion. Not necessarily, right. you're you know, being hysterical. Yeah, they're, you're devalued. You're yes, and you're undermined yeah. the minute they say you're acting emotional or you're acting where it's like, no, I'm I'm just responding to the situation. And the minute you say that I'm emotional or that I'm hysterical, it's like, then I, I've, and, I've lost any power I might have had. Absolutely. And I think it's so conscious, too. And I think that's what people aren't honest about. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a definite tactic Mm -hmm. to take women down, you know, to choosing that. And it's not like I'm emotional hysterical. I'm just feeling. Right. (laughs) But I'm allowed to do that, you know? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's, and it's such a a challenge because, you know, we, we face obstacles still. And it's like, you know, initially I think when women started, you know, kind of becoming more quote unquote like into male fields or or whatever whatever industry it was but they had to act like men mm-hmm. to achieve you know success and it's just like I feel like now we can do things on our own terms you yeah. know what I mean yeah Which there's gives g- us just more opportunities and there's gotta not, be 
people have got to recognize too that we're not we haven't come so it's the same thing with like you know black lives matter it's like we have not right. come so far that this is not an issue you know right. we have not we're seeing it glaring in our faces that these are these are still really big issues um and, and it's just the idea that like at certain times people should be just listening instead of talking you know with you know, it was like, me too, Black Lives Matter. At a certain point, it's like, okay, just listen. Right. Just listen for a minute. Right. You're going to learn from it. Yeah. Like, um, and I think that's hard for, like, a certain groups of people to not just keep talking. Right. And look at us. <laughs> we won't shut up. We won't shut up. Our two-hour episode <laughs> that I had to, like, narrow down from, like, three. <laughs> and then we talked, like, I an know. hour after. <laughs> We did. We did. Yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> but it was super fun. And I want to thank you again, because I, like I said, I know that it's not, for a lot of people who I've had on here, it's, they're, they're nervous. And, but again, my intention is not to make anyone feel um, uncomfortable. It's just, I want people to hear how, how, what, you know, the kind of conversations that we can have and just kind of get our mind mm-hmm. on other things. Once I realized, like, you were going to take the lead, then it was like, oh, I could just sit back and you were just going to kind of guide the discussion. And then I just kind of chimed in. Yeah. Um, Like, how is it different from any other time? (laughs) I know. I know. True. True. But I was saying, I felt after listening to it it was great. So it was it was kind of a good distraction while we were driving. Um, And we were dying. You were making me laugh so hard. Like, I it was like I was so proud of you. Like, I was like. I was seriously, I go, Gracie, she is so smart and so funny, and it was it was such a treat, and then I was like, oh my God, I keep asking her questions, like, I kept turning the tables on you. No, you're and supposed I was to, like, yeah, you're supposed okay. to. Okay, okay, yeah. I, don't, I yeah. don't recall any of your other guests, like, doing that, so I yeah, felt like they did, a for sure. I was, yeah. okay, okay, yeah. it didn't seem, I guess, I guess that's, like, being self-critical. Well, that's um, what it is, too, is, like, you're you're playing the role of the audience. So that's kind of the setup here. So if someone were listening to this at home, they might have that same question. They might have that same, or I explained it in a way that didn't make sense. So if you stopping me and going, wait a second, how old was she? Like, that's something that someone in the audience might be doing as well. Oh, so that's kind of your role. Are you and just saying that to make me feel better? No, that's exactly how I set it up. That's the whole point. Um, so you're kind of taking on that. And again, if you came in and you knew everything about Zelda Fitzgerald, it wouldn't be a real interesting, it would be a different podcast, you know? Right. And so. it's just kind of one of those, I, I, I'm telling you, that's the only podcast I've ever listened to. I know you're going to find that hard to believe. <laughs> um, I've listened to a couple of your peeps, Annie, um, your sister-in-law. But it, um, I just kind of always thought they were just kind of like, I don't know, sort of wonky, know-it-all, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I mean? So it's refreshing that you just kind of let people talk and hopefully it's interesting. Well, and I hope, you know, this is all lead up to season three, which I've Mm -hmm. got a few episodes recorded. So this will come out right before season three. And um, so exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. And so, you know, the hard thing with uh, is now recording in a different manner um oh yeah but yeah it's exciting but i want to thank you again for doing that and you're awesome and i and again f scott (laughs) (laughs) all right i love you love you too thanks for doing that bye okay bye of course bye so that was our revisit to season two i hope you enjoyed it 
Season 3 is coming out soon. In the meantime, go back and listen to old episodes, rate, subscribe, and review. And remember, it's okay to be so dramatic. <laughs>